Hey everybody, welcome to our percentile vice. My eyes shoot over to John real quick to make sure we're not muted. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're looking good. Great. Uh, we're about to start session two of Whitechapel Dark Miss, our Victorian England Cthulhu by Gaslight ish adventure. We've got our two uh, investigators with us, Emily, who's playing. Rosalie Harper. Yes. And John, who's playing Joe Carter. So, who would like to give us a recap of what happened last week? I can. Go for it. Don't screw it up. Hey, live for the apocalypse. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Welcome. So, last week we opened up with Rosalie and Livy standing by the body of Thomas Blanton. As Joe walked up, having been called by Reginald Probst as a professional courtesy, as an agent that works closely with the Speedwagon Imports Co. And a funny thing about this body, the insides seem to be blown out rather than cut open or anything like that. As time went on, Libby got taken to the station. Rosalie noticed a skittering, looked like a maggot with eight legs. A grub, I believe you called it. Mm -hmm. um, after that, we split up a bit, and Rosalie, I almost said went to the cat house, but went to the brothel. The cat house? <laughs> Come here. Went to the brothel and had a little interaction with the... Madam, matron, madam, matron, and found out not a whole lot, but basically they were going to try to legally get Livy out, but no relevant information to the case other than she and Thomas had been seeing each other. They had had a fight. He went missing. That was, if I recall correctly, the gist. Mm -hmm. I went. Joe went to visit uh, the widow Blanton, who doesn't know she's a widow yet, and because Joe just decided not to tell her, like, not his not department, above his pay grade, <laughs> not his department, and with those darling children there, he figured he might let somebody with more professional training in that area take that over. Basically, found out that he was a little bit of a deadbeat, spent more time at the pub with his kids. Then with his kids, didn't take his kids to the pub. Uh, <laughs> Might have, I know. I know. He liked to hang out at the Rambling Goat pub. And afterwards, we met up at the Lion pub. Copper Lion. Copper, Copper Lion. Lion. And ended up going to the Rambling Goat and interviewed a friend of Thomas's there. Didn't get too much useful information off that. Just, he's one of the guys. He'd been missing a while. He had been seeing Livy. And afterward, as we were headed back to call it a night. Note before that, there was a fight. At the Copper Lion with Jacko, the guy who lived on the street where you first found the body. And we saw the fog swallow him up and leave nothing. And then we went to the Rambling Goat, and then we went home, and Rosalie saw the fog creeping up on her apartment menacingly and asked to stay with Joe for the night at his office apartment. And so you guys took a back alley and started heading towards uh, your office slash abode and the fog turned the corner and started coming down that alleyway um, towards you when we ended last time. And the fog just did what fog does. It kind of trailed into that alleyway a little bit, but nothing menacingly. You made it back to your apartment, your office, and... Uh, Spent an uneventful night, unless you guys wanted to have 
any discussions prior to hitting the bed and the couch? <clears throat> um. So what do you think, Rosalie? What what's going through your head right now? I'm very concerned about the fog. I I understand that you don't believe me, but I'm telling you, I saw that that guy Jacko get swallowed by it. Um, that's not that's not a man stumbling into fog. That is fog snatching a man up. But what's bothering me is that this is the fourth or fifth man who's gone missing. So I'm wondering if maybe we ought to look into who else is missing and see if there's a common link between them in some way. Do you think you'd be able to find out from the police, the local police, about who else has gone missing? Because I tried to ask and wasn't able to come up with anything. Possibly. We could also try having a little chat with Livy. Not anything too pressing, not go full interrogation mode on her, but see if she knows anything that might be helpful. Agreed. Um... Maybe we can find out what happened just before he went missing four weeks ago and what he was like when she met up with him this evening. I think that's probably our best course of action in trying to exonify Lizzie, Libby in all of this. And find the men, because that's also important. Before we go too much further, where's the dice box? Right here. No. Are you using computer dice again? Um, no, just uh, let me grab my dice. I just need these two. Okay. Sorry. Right. Okay, good. So, the night passes. A new day dawns. Um, the clouds have parted. There's actually a little sun coming through. Mist fog has cleared. Pretty nice day so far, early in the morning. We'll head up to the police station, and I'll make a beeline for Reginald Probst. Okay. Probst. So you get to the police station, and it's relatively easy to find Reginald Probst. You probably have to ask a desk sergeant, and uh, Probst is happy to see you. Um, oh, you'll never need that one. <laughs> so, Hello. So, uh, ready to share some information. Yeah, yeah, good day, Reggie. Uh, we haven't found too much. Um, Miss Rosalie and I have been working together a little bit. She has some connections to the other side of things. And, well... Rosalie seems to think that the fog swallowed up a guy during a fight. We both saw it. I mean, it looked like he just disappeared into the fog, but you know how it is when people get in a fight. Eventually, one of them will go down or try to run away. I figured he just ran away, but she sees it a little differently. Wait, there's another missing man? Yeah, his name was Jacko, I believe. Might be worth uh, checking up on whether or not he ever made it home, if you've got an officer out and about today. He lived right near where we found that young man, a house nearly overlooking the scene. All right, I'll send one of the uh, uniforms. We were wondering on that. if we might be able to look at some case files on the other missing people, see if we can see any common threads or if anything might jog the memory of myself or Miss Rosalie here. Yeah, as a matter of fact, when you you mention the the theory of the fog snatching people up, uh, he kind of nervously looks around and then, you know, Gives you the nod, the follow me nod and, and walks you back into, you know, kind of an open area, probably a detective's area. And there's a board up against the wall. And, and on that board are four names 
um, some details underneath them, um, and a like a red ink mark through the name Thomas Blanton, but uh, three other names. He says, "Yes, I've been working uh, for." Four of these missing persons, the first one missing was four weeks ago, Thomas Blanton, and over the course of the four weeks, uh, these other three gentlemen have been reported missing, all men, uh, Scott Woodrow, Philip Bradford, and Weasel Pike. Yes, uh, well, the other two were workers. Weasel appears to be something of a vagrant having a hard time figuring out whether Weasel was a nickname or was actually his given name. Nobody can actually verify that for us. All we have to go on is Weasel Pike. Where did they work? Uh, Woodrow was a factory worker. He worked at the Match Factory um, down near the docks, maybe a street or two up from the docks. And... Uh, Bradford was a clerk, um, working books and accounting for, um, one of the shops up along, uh, Whitechapel Road. Um, in fact, it was, uh, he was a bookkeeper at, um, uh, so, so he goes up to the board and he looks, he's like, um, yes, uh, the curiosities and collectibles, uh, small shop of oddities on, uh, Whitechapel. Do you have anything you wanted to ask, Miss Rosalie? Sorry, I was trying to take notes. <laughs> um... So how far apart were these people taken? Uh, let's see. Um, about a quarter of a mile. <laughs> I meant in time, sir. Uh, okay. Well, let me know when you're ready for an answer. I'm ready. Oh, so it's been in time. Uh. I'm just trying to take my notes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, first one was four weeks ago. Uh, Scott Woodrow a couple days after that. Uh, about a week later, uh, Philip Bradford and Weasel Pike was about a week ago. So Blanton was the first. Yes. By the reports. Yep. Uh, yeah, Wendy Blanton reported Thomas missing. Uh Scott Woodrow was reported missing by the his uh, boss at the match factory. Bradford was reported missing by his boss, Willem Green, uh, at the curiosity shop. And uh, Weasel Pike was reported missing by one of our uh, uniformed patrolman who was used to seeing weasel at certain locations throughout South Chapel, South Chapel, White Chapel, um, and noticed he hadn't been there for a couple of days, started asking around and nobody had seen him. Uh, we added him to the board. Could be weasels just gone off weaseling. Joe's going to take a minute and have a little think and try to see if in his mind, knowing Speedwagon Imports pretty well, having worked for them a lot. If Speedwagon Imports, the Match Factory, and the Curiosity Store are somehow related. It seems random. Okay. Uh, the only possible relation between the Match Factory and the Speedwagon Imports is their proximity to the docks. That Match Factory is down there close to the water, but not all the way into the dock district but kind of abutting it. Sergeant, do you by chance have a, a map of Whitechapel? Like a... Yeah. Sure. Um, so can we possibly, can you maybe point out... There's one on the wall. Can Do they have like those little push pins, you know, that they do like in maps? 
Let's say they do. Okay. Do you mind like pointing out to us where these people were last seen? Like are the areas in which we believe that they may have gone missing from? Is the cluster denoting the disappearance is all centered around the copper line? No. 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 So they are all in the White Chapel district. Um but it doesn't appear to be a pattern. If you added the a pin for Jacko, who he has not even is not even tracking as a case right now, <clears throat> um, it would appear pretty random. Um, can I take like a bit of string and like kind of loop around to see if like it connects in any way? Not necessarily yeah. locally, but like yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm -hmm. makes like. It looks like a great piece of string wall art. Okay, just check. Right. Um, so it seems as though they're being, they're going missing like one a week at this point, give or take a couple days. A couple days between the first one and the second one, about a week between the second and the third. Right. Something short of a week, maybe five days between the third and the fourth. And if Jacko is indeed another one of these, then that would have put it at another four or five day interval. Have you questioned the young lady that you brought in after finding the body yet? I've, uh, we've made the preliminary, uh, discussions with her, um, she is still being held. Um, she is sticking to the story that she did know the man. Um, it was a client of hers. Uh, and other than that, she was refusing to answer most questions. She may loosen up a bit if you, by chance, allow us to go have a little conversation with her and see if maybe with her friend here she's a little more talkative rather than talking to an officer. It's a little out of the ordinary. <coughs> I could roll a persuade. Sure, give me a persuade roll. You guys remember to mark the successful usage of skills? Yeah. That is... Oh, spend it one away, and I will spend the one luck to make that 16 of 15, which is a hard success. Nice, okay. For a hard success, then, um, I'm gonna insist uh, that you go in there with her, and there's an association between the work that I do and the work that you do, and we have a bit of a working relationship, and I need to rely upon. Uh, you to to convey whatever information is gleaned in there to me, um, knowing the kind of things that we look for. Of course. Hey, Carrie, thanks for, for stopping in. We are investigating the strange, hollowed-out body of Thomas Blanton. And thank you, Karish Vandalar, Valandar, I'm sorry, for the follow. All right. So, yes, you can. Before you go in there, um, you notice, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Give me notice rolls. Let's oh, make this fun. You mean rolling Spot hidden dice? or listen. Hey, gotta, <laughs> we have to stop playing different games. That's all I have to say. Spot hidden. 89. Uh, 27, which is a hard success. You notice on the big chalkboard where he's got the four names of the missing people. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's like little bulleted information under under each one, like the name of the person that reported this person missing. And under uh, every one of them uh, is a notation like fog, question mark, like indented under somebody's name, some witness's name or whatever. So 
which probably explains why when you mentioned fog out in the lobby, he's like, come back here because it's just weird and doesn't fit into his theory of the case right now, but he keeps hearing it. Right. So you notice that he, if his board is to believe, be believed, then witnesses are telling the same kind of story you, you have about the fog um, taking. Exactly. Uh, make a look around and see if you see anything real. <laughs> I did see something. Okay. So we're going to head in to... Talk to Libby. Talk to Libby. All right. So you guys walk into a little room, no windows, one metal table, a few metal chairs, and he asks you to wait there. And then uh, he goes to get Libby uh, from her holding cell. And a little time passes, and in comes Libby, shaken and scared and the worst for wear of a night in, in lockup. And... Uh, he steps out of the room, closes the door, realizing that his presence there would probably tie her tongue. So, uh, Levy, are you all right? <laughs> she went tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Levy is looking really small. Right. You know, sunk in on herself. Yeah. It's very cold last night. So. I did what she said. I haven't said nothing. I just what they only knew because I blooded on the street. But he was one of me, one of me Joes. But uh, I'm sorry, he's one of me Johns. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but that's all I said. I didn't say anything else. Um, so I'm gonna kind of like put an arm around her and lead her to a chair. And I'm sure I have like one of those like you know coat jacket things on and put it on her. Um, well, good job. Good job, Libby. So what we need to know is I need to talk to you about what happened and your relationship to Thomas because... The her, other her eyes dart over to Joe Carter and says, Are you talk now? You can't. Mr. Carter's trying to help. He's trying to help. He believes that you you don't fit the, the bill for the person who would have done this, and he's trying to help us figure out what really happened. Um, I trust him. I've been going over and over in my mind all night. Nothing to do in here but think. And we're like this. So, Thomas comes to see me. And we have, uh, you know, a date. And I start talking to him about things he's been talking to me about. How we was going to, you know, go off and make a life for ourselves together. And I won't have to work in this business. And he won't have to have that awful wife of his. And uh, he starts telling me, that he's, he's figured everything out. He's been shown. He's seen things. He's, he knows it all now. All of, the, all of the secrets and all of the mysteries. And that uh, he's, he's, he's going off and he's going off by himself without me. So we start arguing on the street there because I'm like, we said we was going to go together. And he's like... The, the mysteries of the universe is history explored, and he's going to do it. And so off he goes, and, and I stand there, and I cry him for a little bit, and then I think, oh, hell no, he's not going to treat me like this. We had us a, an agreement, right? So I go uh, running off after him, and he... Uh, I, I turn a corner, and, and, and there he is. He's laying on the floor, on the ground. He's... His, his stomach is just burst open and he's laying there and there's not a thing inside of him. And I run over to him and I lean down and I, and I pick him up and I, and I try to, to hug him to me to just come back to me, Thomas. And well, that's how the blood got on, on me dress. And um, I, uh, I, 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 I sit there and I cry for a minute and I, I, I lay his, his, his torso back down and and I notice this awful bugs on me. I start, I, when I screamed, I did. And, and then once I screamed, I figured, well, people are going to be looking out the house now and they're going to see me. So no sense running off. I better go run and get the coppers and tell them what happened because it's the best way, right? I'd but, like to roll a psychology and see if she's telling the whole truth here. 
Put some psychology in your pipe and smoke it. Oh, eight. That is a extreme success. Uh, you see nothing but sincerity and fright on her face. Okay. Olivia, did he did he mention how he knew it all or had been shown at all, like where he'd been the last several weeks? He kept making them statements, but I couldn't get an explanation out of him for nothing. Did what? he possibly mention a book or any sort of weird things that might have sounded like gobbledygook to you? Gobbledygook. He said uh, he was talking, he said the word bargain a lot. He made a bargain, and now he knows everything, and uh, his access to all the wonders of the universe, and and uh, his his he's been seeing them. He's been he's been going places. It was crazy talk. It was. Did he mention anything about fog? No. Did he mention particular places, or was it just he's going places? Uh, I won't say you think I'm crazy. Libby, honey, you know, we're, we're with you right up, you know, here where we've talked about bugs exploding out of his body. I think we can handle a little more. Other worlds. He said he'd been to other worlds and other dimensions, wherever the fuck they is. It was crazy. He had this crazy look in his face. And Thomas, I knew I wasn't there anymore. Before he went missing... In the time leading up to it, did he mention anything about any friends or new people? Or oh, I, I asked him what he's been doing for all of these weeks. And he come and see me after we made all our grand plans. And uh, well, he could just couldn't get a straight answer out of him for nothing. It was just all about the bargain. And, and look what he got. He knows everything. He's seen everything. And he's off to see some more. But before he went missing, did he mention new people that he'd met or anyone, you know, that he may have come into contact with that may have been part of him being, you know, disappearing or... No, he's my sweet Thomas then. And then he went missing. Three and a half weeks later, coming back, and he's a crazy man. Okay. You got anything over there, Joe? I think we have tapped the bottom of this well. Levy, we're we're working hard to get you out of here. I need you to stay strong and be cooperative, but be quiet. Um, Mr. Joe is going to keep working at trying to get you out. Um, we might come back and see you, but if you think of anything else, have one of the officers ring for Mr. Joe Carter. If you think of anything that might be helpful at all. Well, I certainly hope you're here to help me, Mr. Carter, because you look like one of them uh, Torino toughs. I am with Torino, but I have an interest in finding the truth in this case, and I don't believe that you are the truth in this case, so I feel like they should let you go, and I'm going to keep working until that outcome is what happens. Well, I'm going to trust you because Rosalie trusts you. I guess I'll be going. Do you don't think they're going to let me out of here today? I don't know. We're going to talk to the sergeant, but I don't know. I'm so tired. What's that most of the night? I'm afraid if I go back to the cell, I'm going to fall asleep again and have another awful dream about them bugs. They was ugly. Yeah, I saw one of the bugs too. Little grub-like thing with a bunch of legs. Is that what you saw? No, oh, it looked like a big fat maggot with uh, just little bony legs skidding around. They all skidded you know, There's just a couple of the guy on me. I didn't see the rest of them, but the couple, I went, they, all, they both went skittering off the same direction. Which way did they go? Well, from, and she describes the direction it went. From her dress, and it matches the direction that the bug you saw come out of the body skittered off. 
down that same alley. Okay. And off into the darkness. Well, um, try to get some rest, Livy. We'll we'll be back. I promise. We're gonna get you out of this. All right. Hurry. We will. All right. Well, let's uh, go back to Reginald. Well, what'd you get out of her then? Well, she says that he was talking a little bit of that crazy talk, said he made a bargain, um, had been to other worlds and other dimensions and other places and was going back without her, and she was upset by that because that they had a deal where he was leaving his wife to go with her, and... Now suddenly he's going off into space to meet the he's man got on the a moon. notebook. He's been like kind of jotting things down, and, and when you get to like going off into space, he just throws it down on his desk. He's like, "Bugger me! I've already had to write fog up on the damn board. Now you want me to write dimensions in space?" Well, getting see, a runaround from these uh, Whitechapel East End folks that just is a line of bullshit to throw the coppers off is what it is. I don't know about that. I think. There, he actually was probably talking about stuff like that. There's, I don't believe she was trying to get one over on us. So I believe that she interpreted whatever he said as that. She may have changed a few words here and there, but I believe that she heard that. And she also mentioned that there were some little bugs, the same kind of little bugs that Rosalie said she saw around the scene of the body. Looked like a little maggot with bony little legs, she said. Skittering off into the same alley that Rosalie said she saw them. So I believe me and Rosalie are going to go check that out. If you don't mind, could you make sure that Miss Livy is comfortable here. I don't believe she had anything to do with it. Take care of her until we can get it all figured out, just in case on the off chance that... Oh, she's going to be taken care of, because until I've got a better suspect, and even here, her right here is suspect number one. I understand that. Just make sure she's got a decent bed, not the bundle of sparse hay that you give most folks get her a decent cot and a nice blanket and make sure she's taken care of if nothing else just as a favor to me all right so i want to head to the alley and see what's going on there let's do that as you're walking out you see the um Bundled in a shawl body of Wendy Blanton coming in through the door with a with a police officer. Um, and she cuts her eyes over at you and a look of pure hatred comes over. She doesn't say anything. You get the feeling she now knows that her husband is dead and has been brought in for some additional questioning or maybe to identify the body or something. I am going to fish out of my wallet 10 pounds and walk over and try to hand it to her. I'm going to say, I know it's hard times. I wish I could have told you there, but legally it wasn't my place. Use this and make sure the kids get fed, at least for this week. She snatches it out of your hands and looks at you and says, I wish I was well off enough to tell you to keep your damn guilt money. And she turns and leaves. Yikes. All right. We're going to walk out. And as soon as that door shuts, I'm going to turn to Rosalie and say, quick detour. While Wendy's here, I think we should go back to Thomas's house and see if he has any of these uh, traveling papers to the other dimension and other spaces. 
Okay, yeah, we can definitely do that. And then we'll head on to the alley. Certainly. The alley's not going anywhere, but if she comes home, <laughs> I don't want to meet her in her house. Hopefully her kids weren't just left there. Did she have her kids with her? She did not. She did not? She did not. They were like a toddler and a baby, so yeah. it's unlikely. She probably like left him with a neighbor, but we'll find out, I suppose. <laughs> so hope not. Okay. <laughs> so let's go to the Blanton house. All right. You're there. Peek in the window. Appears empty. Listen at a window and then at a door. You're nothing. Okay. Is the door locked? Yes. I am going to pull out a pen, my usual detectiving lock picking stuff, and attempt to pick the lock. Do it. Do it. Roll it. I'm going to push the roll because I rolled a 70 and the other one's cocked anyway, but 70 was a fail. Okay, so what are you doing different or in in in, uh, in addition to justify the push? I am going to grab a third pin and try to, after realizing it's one of the newfangled locks, and try to hit the extra pin that I know is inside of it. Okay. Um, failure uh, on the push roll could either mean breakage of your one or more of your lockpick tools or discovery from a neighbor. Okay. That doesn't look hopeful. <laughs> That's a 97. That's a discovery from a neighbor. <laughs> so as you were working on it, you know, it was a very thin uh, section of these brownstone tenement houses. And you remember you walk in a front door to kind of a hallway and then the door to their apartment was immediately there inside that hallway. At the end of the hallway was a set of stairs leading up to an upstairs apartment. As you were down there working on the the lock, um, a lady comes down the stairs and hey, what are we doing here? Get away from that. I'm going to look up startled and say, hey, hey, miss, it's all right. I'm here on Police business, investigating. You know this was the missing man. We're just investigating that case. She starts screaming, help, help, police. We've got a burglar here. I'm going to pull out my badge and show to her. Your the agency. Your agency badge. All right, so I guess we're going to have to have... Give me a tomfoolery roll. Tomfoolery. Um, fast talk. Or... That's a good one for trying to, I guess, it's not so much an intimidate the way you, you play it, intimidate or fast talk. What is her reaction when I pull out the badge? Does she seem phased at all by it? How about instead of you making a roll, she'll make a spot hidden roll to see if she can tell that that's a Metropolitan Police badge or something else. Okay. She rolled a 99. That is exactly what every police badge ever looked like to her. 100%. Uh, well, I'm sorry, officer. Was that, you know, was that you wearing the, the blue coat and the copper buttons? Um, I was I was taken aback, I was. Casual Tuesday. Well, I'm uh, sorry to have disturbed you, but we are here on official business, and if you don't mind, could you... Go on about your way or go back to where you came from because... Well, uh, I don't want to get involved with your business and I don't want to be in any way taken for obstructing justice in any way. But I was really just coming down here and she pulls out a set of keys to get the little ones 
toy. That that's great because actually, we were about to go in as well. So if you'll just open the door and she get opens what you the need. door, she walks in, she grabs a little uh, rag doll, no face on it, just the basic outline of a human form. A human form. Raggedy eyeless. <laughs> Raggedy faceless, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, after she leaves, I am going to head to what I would perceive to be the bedroom of Thomas and Wendy, and I am going to open dresser drawers. I'm going to lift up mattresses, just basically... Looks like a very well lived in place, right? There are some clothes on the floor or not, but you make me a spot hidden room. Because I know what it's called in this stuff. Yeah. Make me a look around and see if you see anything roll. <laughs> well, I rolled a 15 against a 60, so that's a hard success. What you notice is that the clothes on the floor are all women's clothing. There is no men's clothing on the floor. There is some men's clothing in like dresser drawers or closet if they have one. Maybe it's just a little wardrobe or whatever. I mean, there is some men's clothing folded up or hanging up, but none just strewn about the place like you see the women's clothing. I'm going to take a closer look at a couple pieces of it. Are they roughly the same size? No, they look like they would fit Wendy Blunt. Okay. And you're probably able to deduce from that that he hasn't been there just throwing his clothes around right. for some time. So that's all I'm seeing in all. I'm not seeing like a book or... No. no. In fact, you probably wouldn't find if you found a book in the whole place, it'd be a very tattered Bible, like a family Bible or something. Other than that, you don't see anything that suggests reading. You want to look like under the bed or um, see if we can find like a creepy, like a creaky floorboard where people would like stash something. Sure. Yeah. Let's uh, look around under the bed, things that. I would know as an investigator to be hiding places. Okay. So both of you give me spot hidden rolls and investigator. You can use a bonus dice for your skill in that area. I rolled a six, which is an extreme success. I rolled a 20 and a 90, which the 20 is a hard success. Okay. Um, so essentially this is a, a one bedroom flat, right? There's a, place in there where the kids are sleeping in a crib or something uh, and a small living area, a very small kitchen area and you put all of your skills to to use here and it just looks like a really poor person's hovel um, so um, whatever the knowledge he gained he didn't have anything of it here four weeks ago when he stopped being in this place. Okay. You could surmise. Well, I think we've turned this over pretty well, so. All right, yeah, let's head to the alley. Okay. All right, um, so back to the scene of the, I didn't even say crime. We haven't even established this as a crime, but the scene of the death. Um. Right there where the body was at, um, a few feet away, is a small alleyway that cuts between row houses mm -hmm. and uh, kind of goes off a ways. It's really dark back there, like the eaves of the row houses are almost touching each other over this alleyway. It was really thin alleyway. Probably couldn't even get a horse and cart back through there, but you could walk back through there. Lead the way, miss. Oh my. Oh my. Um, okay. So I'm going to walk through the alley and look for obviously the bugs, but look for any like having lived in Whitechapel, the telltale signs of bugs. 
you know, like bits of shredded paper, droppings, that kind of things, things that I would inherently know about living in a slummy type area. I have some points in track if that might help us here. If you have to run, I said it because the very first time I made a character, I saw that track. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make my guy fast because I really thought or he could it do was the a track thing. Right, it could be discus, any of those things. Uh, How yeah. long did it take you to figure it out? So I made a character and was running it through the the um, choose your own adventure. Uh, solo rpg scenario that i was probably about five or six moves into that thing when it became obvious to me that i didn't know what the hell track was so, yeah, it was uh quite embarrassing but it was a solo rpg so there was nobody there to see my shame until like, now yeah i feel better about it revealing yeah it now. <laughs> I'm a track star investigator. So as you go down this alleyway, you don't see any bugs. You don't see any um, evidence of of the bugs. Um, uh, there are occasionally like little windows along the way, um, presumably for the living quarters that are in these mm -hmm. like row houses. Um, and you kind of notice, like, you know, right outside each window, not the best. Um, it looks like the windows are used for, like, just dumping some stuff out of. Mm. Um, so it doesn't smell real nice mm -hmm. back in here. Uh, she go back there. Uh, uh, a lady uh, pops her head out and looks at the two of you and looks at Joe and says, Are you one of them Torino toughs, ain't you? Yes, ma'am, I Come am. looking for that naked man what will run out of here, ain't you? The naked man? All right. Sure. Last night, after all that hubbub out there on the street, out walks the strangest naked man I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, we are we are definitely here looking for that naked man. Can you tell us which way he went? Well, he went right down the way you came in and then disappeared off into the fog. Strangest face I've ever seen. Not a lick of hair on it. No eyebrows. No five o'clock shadow. Not the first stubble upon his head. In fact, from what I could see, there wasn't any hair on his whole body. Oh, my. Virtually wrinkle-free was. So he came from in the alley and ran out into the street. Right. Um, well, I say run because that's what you'd figure a, a naked man be doing, but it was more of a fast walk. Didn't seem too worried about things. Hmm. How soon after all the hubbub did this happen? I remember hearing hearing the uh, the the car the car of the uh, the lamplighters passing by, telling telling Gerald again they would never light the lamps on this road, will they? And uh, it was soon after that he walked went just strolling his naked horse right over. Seen anything else weird in this area? We all don't know how much weird you can get than a completely hairless man naked as the day he was born with skin as smooth as the day he was born walking out of here. You're probably right, ma'am. Sorry to have bothered you. Thank you for your time. If we have more questions, we'll uh, we'll be sure to, to come back by. Thank you. You're welcome. We're going to keep walking down the alley. It's the alley, and it kind of dead ends. Can we look for... There's, again, windows all along. It might be, you know, just like a alley to toss trash and shit. Shit. Mm -hmm. um, I want to look for... Probably not even planned. Just a building was built, another building was built. Holy shit, why didn't we just meet these two up? And there's this four-foot-wide, 
gap in between is um today there's probably actually a building that got built in that four foot wide gap right <laughs> everybody just got one closet added um it's where they parked the bus at harry potter yeah <laughs> Um, so at the end of the alley, we'd like to, I'd like to look for signs of like 